0: hello hello welcome to the great obsession podcast i'm one of your hosts riley and i'm sam your other host and <laughs> tonight we are in for a chaotic time really quick we would advise that if you are not comfortable with strong language this may not be the podcast for you especially this episode this is the first of what will probably be uh, many bony, b- bony episodes. Bo- oh don't gosh. say that. Don't say that again. <laughs> <laughs> bonus episodes. That's what I was trying to say, and I can't talk. <laughs> oh, it's been a day. So, yeah, it's for our bonus episodes, these are episodes where, you know, Sam and I have more things to say than just about books and shows that we watch. We have other thoughts. We're multifaceted. <laughs> so layered. So much nuance. <laughs> so the energy I'm going for here is, if anyone listening has seen those tweets, from, there's this one girl who makes a tweet every week where she's like, my dad and his friends have a weekly meetup at the pub and they bring a list of discussion points. Part this- three. Part five. Part, like, she's done so many parts now and she shows what they talk about every week and it's extremely wholesome um that's the energy this we're feels going like for like
1: is it that example really feels like a very niche side of
0: twitter that it I, probably is people are gonna be I'm, like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> anyone who follows me on instagram will know it because i post my like weekly favorite tweets every Monday shameless plug follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Riley Rosetta <laughs> to see my favorite tweets every Monday <laughs> Still don't know what I'm talking about but anyway that's what we're going for I have some discussion points that I've just randomly thought of throughout the last like week of my life like hmm, I wonder what Sam's thoughts are on this and Sam has no idea what we're about to discuss
1: <laughs> I'm so excited I've never been more
0: ready what are you drinking Riley I am drinking Olipop in a wine glass. I think I was drinking this a few episodes ago as well. You were tonight. Is it it's the, the same. No, it's the root beer flavor. So, it's better. I actually like it better than regular root beer because regular root beer is so sweet that I can't like drink very much of it. Isn't so. that funny?
1: Like how you get older and like I, I love a D Pep. You know, you're a D-pep girl. Oh, yeah. And I had a Dr. Pepper at um, the Super Bowl, I think is when it was. And I hadn't had one in ages. And literally, I was like, oh, shit. I don't know if I can finish this. I mean, between the sugar and, like, my teeth just felt awful. I was like, dude, I've never been a big soda drinker, but... I've always enjoyed and, like, been able to crush a soda when one has been presented to me. And I'm telling you, I felt my age. I was like, I can't, I can't drink this soda no more. That's why I'm a LaCroix-only girl now.
0: How it's so funny because I used to not even like LaCroix. Like, I thought it tasted gross because it did not like that it wasn't sweet. When mm-hmm. I tell you, it's been ever since I started drinking coffee. That was, like, three years ago now. Like my taste buds have changed and maybe this happens earlier for other people who have drank (laughs) coffee their whole lives. But like I was so obsessed with soda and then I started drinking coffee and then slowly my palate altered and I don't have as big of a tolerance for sweetness anymore.
1: Well, I feel like your sugar, your drinkable sugar consumption just went down a lot. Yeah, I think it did. Because even when you're drinking, like, sweet coffee, like, flavored coffee, it's still not as sweet as a soda.
0: No, it's true. But you know what is so, so sweet is a drink from Dutch Bros at its full sweetness. So true. You literally can't taste the coffee. It's so sweet. And it's so funny because the first time I had coffee, it was from Dutch Bros. And I was like, wow, like, I definitely could taste the coffee. I was like, wow, this – coffee chocolate (laughs) combo is blowing my mind it's so good and then like i went back to dutch Bros recently and got that same drink that i had had for the first time Mm -hmm. it was called the dutch canyon and it i was like i don't taste any coffee in here at all this is literally a chocolate milkshake but then i tried ordering something half sweet and i was like this tastes proportionally now to me what it tasted (laughs) like to me when i first started (laughs) drinking coffee like the it really did change when I stopped drinking such sweet drinks. My mm-hmm. my tolerance for sweetness went down and my tolerance for bitterness went up. Amen, sister. Funny how that works. Anyway, what are you drinking? Um,
1: I am drinking my Fairy Glen tea
0: from Scotland. Ooh, love it. It's a spring vibe, but also yeah. like a spring in Seattle vibe because it's a hot beverage, which is appropriate. Mm-hmm. I went and
1: I walked today, and the sun was out. So I was like, thank God. But I was freezing. It was way colder than I expected it to be outside, which was super unfortunate
0: for me. RIP to everyone in the Mountain West, my my thoughts and prayers go out to you for the weather, your experience. RIP
1: to the entire world and climate change.
0: Yeah, so true.
1: Climate change is so scary. I like actively don't even know that I want to talk about it right now because then I have yeah, to go no, to bed after this. That and I not... just can't with that <laughs> existential dread over my head. I'm just
0: No, we don't need to talk about this kind of dread because no one came to this episode for this anyway. Actually, I have no idea what the title will be for this episode, so I have no idea what anyone is expecting coming into this. But um <laughs> Okay, you ready for the first one? Yeah, lay it on me. Okay. This one actually won't surprise you because we talked about potentially discussing this on the podcast. So you recently watched uh, Zach Shall Cross' season of The Bachelor. Oh my god, yes I did. And you said that you were watching The Bachelor because you wanted to, like, I guess try it out? You had never watched it before, right?
1: Right. So, I mean, I had seen episodes of The Bachelor. I, um... I don't remember who, what his name was. It's not gonna come to me in these next few seconds. But so I'd seen, I'd seen some Matt. His name was Matt. Oh, Matt James. Yes, was he on in twenty twenty? Yep. Yeah, so that's why I've seen some because twenty twenty was a dark time. Yep. Um, But I didn't watch it all the way through. I like kind of checked out but something that has fascinated me for so long is just the like bachelor community And it's like all these girls that I know will just be like, oh, well, I watch The Bachelor with my friends and we have a standing like Bachelor night and blah, blah, blah. And it's like all the girls get together with their friends to watch The Bachelor. And I really felt like I was missing out on a like female cultural touchstone. (laughs) Um, And so I was like, I want to know what these memes are about. I want to know what these podcasts are about. I just want to be in the room where it happens, you know? So. That was a big reason for why I wanted to commit to, like, watching every single episode of a season. And I will say, I was more confused <laughs> than I anticipated being. I was like, wow, there's a lot of, like, background and, like, history here that they are not providing any context for new viewers at all. Um,
0: yeah, it's like a cinematic universe.
1: It. Truly, truly is, which was very different than what I expected. I expected it to feel more game showy, and it mm. didn't. Um, and I want to know if uh, Zach Shallcross, are they all that stupid? Like, are they all objectively the worst? And the thing that drives me crazy is I don't feel – he wasn't, like, malicious. He wasn't manipulative intentionally. He just was a dumbass.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think every bachelor is a dumbass in their own way. They all do something stupid every season. Like I can't think of a single one. Actually, Matt James did nothing wrong. The franchise did him dirty, as the first black bachelor. They ended up making his whole season about racism, which was so stupid. But every other bachelor has been, yeah, pretty stupid. The Bachelorette is different. The Bachelorette. Oh. Usually- have it together. I don't
1: yeah, I've never seen any bachelorette
0: content to my knowledge. Yeah. Well, I was just curious because this was like your first experience watching The Bachelor and honestly, this is like kind of a weird time to join The Bachelor because it's not at its peak. Some people would argue mm. that it's like on the decline. So, I wondered oh, if like interesting. you actually felt like this experience enriched your life if you learned <laughs> anything from it <clears throat> if you enjoyed knowing and understanding the memes i um would you watch again it's it's interesting because i'm actually
1: like i'm not on social media anymore which is sort of rude of me to like be like i'm going to sh- watch this show so that i can be a part of the community and the memes and then actively remove myself from all the places <laughs> where like the community is convening Mm -hmm. Um, so that was like a choice that I made, but I was, I was entertained for the most part. There was some stuff where I was like, this just feels like we're dragging. Let's just like eliminate more women. Let's narrow it down. I could not tell you who any of those women were for like the first six episodes. I was like, they are all no one stands out to me whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I and the more I watched, the more I was like, like, why do these women, for one thing, like him? <laughs> for another thing, like like no way are they genuinely being like, I love him. I am falling for him. First of all, they say the stupidest things. They're like, oh my gosh, I think I'm falling for Zach. I'm going to tell Zach that I'm falling for him. And I was shook by how many times they said that. I was like, girl, <laughs> calm down. Let's just, like, like chill out. I understand that it's, like, a competition to prove how much you love him yeah, and you, like, want to beat out the other girls, but also eye roll. And I – what I'm curious about, there was just way more – like jealousy and comparison, like the girls were comparing themselves and their experiences to other girls way more than I anticipated. I think maybe because mm. we all know the premise of The Bachelor. Like, I'd never seen it, but I knew, I like, I know how this works. I know it's a whole bunch of women competing mm-hmm. to like win the heart of one guy. And so it was strange because all of the girls seemed almost like they didn't anticipate that they would be competing with other women, which I thought was really strange. Is it always like that?
0: Yeah, it's literally always like that. It's funny because every time these girls think they know what they're signing up for, but I think nobody, like, thinks that they're actually going to go as far as they do. And so, or they don't think that they're actually going to develop real feelings, and then they do, and then they're, like, shocked by that. And then because they have real feelings... They're jealous that other girls are spending time with this guy. Like, it's it's like clockwork. Every single season, these girls are like, I'm so surprised by the fact that I'm having feelings for him. And I'm really upset knowing he's with other women. And it's like, yeah, you signed up for this. But I don't think people realize what they're getting into for the most part with this show, which is an interesting element.
1: So, and this is my question for you. And, like, what do you think I don't really understand how these women like form any kind of attachment with him because I like, just simply – because they are not with him enough, you know? Yeah. Like I feel like it's like a little Stockholm syndrome Like they're in love with their captor. Um, <laughs> because on the group dates, I mean those are – They're not connecting with him in any meaningful way. And at least from what we could see, the cocktail parties, they like talk to him for 0.2 seconds. Maybe they're talking to him longer and we just don't get to see that. I don't know. But until they have a one-on-one, if they even get to a Mm one-on-one, that's the only meaningful time that he has with them. And for the most part, everybody gets just like one one-on-one with him before it gets to like family weekend or whatever they call it right so I don't I don't like how can you form an attachment be like I'm falling in love with this man that you've maybe spent a grand total of like 12 hours with
0: yeah that's actually something that people that contestants from that show will talk about pretty often and I need to, like, establish my credentials here as a scholar of the Bachelor (laughs) franchise. (laughs) I have been watching every season since... um, Who was was the first season I watched? I can't even remember. Since Becca, the Bachelorette. When Becca Kufrin was the Bachelorette. That was the first season I watched. I was familiar with the show before then. And since then, I have been watching and keeping up and watching every season. And I'm also, I also listen to some Bachelor podcasts. If you listen to our Best of 2022 episode, I talked about a couple of them. And I follow some Instagram accounts that kind of post updates on people in what they call Bachelor Nation, which is essentially the Bachelor cinematic universe. So anytime someone from a previous season like gets married or breaks up with who they're dating or whatever, I always know because I'm... I'm keeping up. So with that being said, I've heard, I've listened to quite a few interviews of people who were previously contestants on this show, and they always talk about how the feelings are really accelerated because of the environment that they're in, which I think is so interesting. So they'll talk about, for example, how the dates are like super overly romantic, like way more romantic than like a first date you would go on like with some guy you Mm -hmm. met in college. Like instead of going out to get drinks, they'll go on a helicopter ride over New York City and then they will go shopping and then they will have dinner in a big, beautiful mansion with a gorgeous chandelier over their heads. And then they will walk outside and fireworks will go off while they make out. And then they will go to a Mm -hmm. private concert and dance together while someone performs for only them. So it's like an extremely romantic like quote unquote romantic setting. And then mm-hmm. when they're not with The Bachelor, they spend all of their time, almost all of their time, in interviews. So they talk Talking to the producers. About him. So they talk about it. And do you know how when Ooh. you talk about your feelings for someone,
1: they, they like grow. become
0: more real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so those producers, their job is to essentially kind of manipulate cultivate. people during yeah, like cultivate this environment where they're convincing people that they are developing feelings and convincing them that the bachelor likes them. And like bachelor contestants are usually under some kind of contract where they can't really talk about specifics of like what producers said to them or what happened until like years and years afterwards. So Mm -hmm. I don't have a ton of like examples of what might be said, but it's, I imagine it's something to the effect of like, Oh yeah. How was your date with Zach? Oh, you know, it was good. Um, So how was it, the kiss under the fireworks, wasn't that so romantic? Oh, yeah, you know, that was really romantic. Now, how are you feeling during that kiss? Oh, you know, I was feeling good. Do you feel like those feelings could grow? Oh, yeah, maybe. And so they like, they get you Mm -hmm. talking about how your feelings could potentially grow and what you see. So it's a really, it's actually really interesting to me to, like, it's just crazy that, we have all this knowledge on, like, what goes on behind the scenes because previous contestants talk about it. And then people still go on the show, like, knowing that it's this weird accelerated environment and they have to get engaged in six weeks. <laughs> it's, like, so crazy.
1: Yeah. No, I – it is crazy. It's crazy to me because I I think initially as I was, like, watching, I, I find myself wondering, like, why – Would you sign up for this? Mm -hmm. Like I understand if you are an aspiring model or influencer or even if you have like a business that you think could potentially benefit and it looks fun. You know, it's like, why not? You get to travel if you make it far enough and all that jazz. But Mm -hmm. it's like you see all these people who have like, oh, I'm a pediatric nurse oh I am I don't know a teacher I am a physical therapist I'm like why are you here yeah what's what's the motivation because are you honestly telling me and maybe they are maybe they are I shouldn't be so judgmental but like are they going on with the intention of like I just really want to get engaged and this seems like a really viable way for me to do that because I'm not having any success
0: outside of the reality TV circuit I couldn't tell you like I have to think that some of these people are just like it'd be kind of fun to go on reality TV Mm -hmm. and that they just kind of do that and that's why they're so shocked when like they actually develop an attachment to the person involved but Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. There's actually some discussion recently because it used to be that if you go on The Bachelor and you make it to, I don't know, top 10, it's pretty Mm -hmm. much guaranteed that you'll have a huge following on Instagram. Like it used to be back in like 2018, 2019, the top three contestants would end with like a million followers on Instagram. And now I think the girl that got engaged to Zach is at like 200K, which is really low numbers in comparison. So a lot of Mm -hmm. people are saying why even go on there anymore because you don't get the Instagram numbers like you should go on um, Love Island if you want that because I think Love Island still gets those kind of numbers. So Mm. it's very interesting. Um, I don't know if people genuinely think the process works. There are not very many bachelors that are still with the person they got engaged to. So (laughs) it's questionable whether the process works but I think people just want to be on TV. That's what yeah. I think.
1: Yeah, no, that's kind of what I think as well. It was um a fascinating... It was a fascinating, like, human
0: experience. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Do you think you'll watch yeah. uh, charity season of The Bachelorette?
1: Um, I am tempted to. When I when they, like, revealed it was charity or whatever and they had that whole reveal, I was much more intrigued. Um, I'm really curious about Bachelor in Paradise because I still, to this day, don't... I do not understand what it is about or how it works. And people have explained it to me before and it's still... (laughs) I still don't understand the purpose. Um, And so I think that... I will watch that one. Um,
0: Good. That's the juiciest one.
1: I enjoyed – I will say I really enjoyed like watching episodes and then messaging you and being like, what is happening? Blah, 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 blah. That was really fun. And so I I can see the appeal of doing that again. It's just like a fun touch point I think for people. Um, Yeah. It's interesting because I I remember when I was younger – And there were some TV shows that everyone was going home and they were watching at night. You know, when American Idol was at its prime, when Mm -hmm. Grey's Anatomy was at its prime. Like, we came to school the next day and people were like, oh my gosh, did you watch? Did you see it? Blah, blah, blah. And I with the rise of um, streaming services that doesn't really exist anymore because a lot of it is like bingeable content. So you'll come back the next weekend and be like, I watched the entire thing and it's like lost a little bit of its uh, shine in that sense of like this sense of communal watching is no longer there in the same way. And I felt like with the bachelor it was, and I really enjoyed that feeling of being like, Oh, my gosh, let me see if my friend has also, like, did she see it? Is she up to date? Does she know? What does she think? Blah, blah, blah. Um, So I enjoyed that aspect. So I think I'll give The Bachelor a try.
0: If we lived in the same place, we would get together every week and watch it together. Because that's what's really fun. like,
1: Oh, I can imagine. Drinking fun
0: drinks and talking about it together and then gossiping when it's on commercial break. I used to do that with my friends in Utah, R.I.P., I have no I know.
1: I'm, like, dying to have, like, a nice, consistent gossip sesh about it, but I just don't – I don't – yeah. I don't have anybody to watch it with me live, and Jack would keel over and die before he sat down and watched <laughs> the entire episode.
0: Funnily enough, Jacob, is like, tried to watch it with me towards the end because we had this discussion about, like, how now we live in Texas and neither of us have, like, separate friend groups – He's like, Mm -hmm. I'm realizing we don't have very many interests in common. So like, I want to like get involved with some of your (laughs) interests.
1: This is the interest I'm gonna. (laughs) Yeah, he was like,
0: I would like to watch The Bachelor with you. Is that okay? And I was like, That's so sweet (laughs) So he would like. Well, and the other thing is, he was worried about me because he noticed I wasn't watching it regularly. Like. I didn't watch um, the season that Zach was on of The Bachelorette. I didn't watch it as much because I was just like, I don't have anyone to watch with. And so he was like, I'm like worried about you because this is a show you like and you haven't been watching. So I want to make sure you watch it. So he would there would be nights where I didn't want to watch and he'd be like, let's watch The Bachelor. And he would try (laughs) to understand. But I could tell he it's definitely not his thing, but he did his best it was
1: wholesome that's so sweet that's so wholesome also obsessed with the fact that he was like riley's not watching the bachelor red flag s-o-s i mean i don't know who that says more about you or him either way i I love it
0: either way yeah there you go something about me you know i'm depressed if i'm not watching the bachelor (laughs) and that's how you know Okay, are you ready to move on to our next discussion point? Because I'm excited about this one. Okay. I am. So, this one is a topic that we will cover at length in a future episode, but I do want to make a mention of it now, and it is the Eras tour. What I want to (gasps) talk about specifically is the surprise songs that Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. does, because neither of us have been to our Eras tour shows yet. Mine is this Mm -hmm. month in April, yours is in July. So, before either of us see it, I want to talk about what songs we really want to see for the surprise songs and which ones we really don't want to see. Are there any songs that, like, if she performed them at your show, you would be like, I'm leaving this room? <laughs> oh, well, I'm, nothing is going to make me leave the room. No, no, no. But metaphorically.
1: um, I think... Well, let me just pull up the set list really quick.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. You gotta because
1: I... Of- unlike you don't have don't watch live streams every
0: weekend
1: (laughs) yeah yeah um okay because i think one of my no-go songs is
0: on the set list Mm. i would love to know which song that is
1: oh maybe it's not um the song that Okay, well, so she is playing You Need to Calm Down, which mm. is not a fave of mine. But no. it is not the worst song that Taylor Swift has ever written. No. Which is me. <laughs> freaking hate it. Hate it. I don't know what she was thinking. I mean, I'm sure she's having a lot of fun. And I appreciate her artistry. I just...
0: No, you sometimes... You (laughs) got to have some flops in order to then later slay. So me was a big flop. And it's so funny. That song is so fucking funny to me to talk about because... When it came out, like nobody really wanted to acknowledge how bad it was. (laughs) It was the worst song ever. It was literally the worst. And I remember being so excited because she had done all this lead up. Like she had posted all these Mm -hmm. cryptic, colorful posts on her Instagram. (gasps) Well, and she
1: did so much about like the music video. It's such an expensive, like high quality music music video.
0: And also, like the entire second half of the Miss Americana documentary is just like about. Her and Brendan Urie writing me yeah. together, and it's so cringe because that whole documentary. She's like, "I'm gonna make a better record. Reputation didn't win a Grammy, but I'm gonna write a better one." And then she wrote what some people think is one of her worst records. I mean, that's a whole nother discussion. But Lover is, it's, it's, it's the choice, and me as the, the first thing. single
1: was the choice. <laughs> It, Lover to me has some has some bops has yes. some songs that I absolutely love. No skips. Well, as in the songs, I never skip. Not that not the skips. album has no skips.
0: No, the album definitely um, has skips.
1: But the the album energy for Lover is like trying too hard. Yes, like it, I it agree. just comes
0: across a little. It's very clear that she was cringe. going for commercial success and mm-hmm. not like creating a cohesive body of work. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it would. You know what was so funny though is I kind of think it would be fucking hilarious if she performed me at, at someone's show, not mine, please, but someone mine. else's, <laughs> because she performs the surprise songs acoustic. So she does like one on guitar and one on piano. <laughs> and hearing that song acoustic, like hearing her sing. <laughs> me, he, he. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, I, I cannot yeah. imagine her singing that acoustic. And it's just funny because when that album came out, she performed me live like a billion times at like every perform- promotional performance. And then since 2019, she has like literally crickets. She has never mentioned she- the song, she has never <laughs> spoken its name. <laughs> she so- heard
1: the people and she said, We're just gonna pretend just it never gonna happened pretend that never
0: happened like she literally has just pretended that it never happened and like the fact that it's not on the lover set list uh but you need to calm down is just like goes to show that she she wants to pretend me never happened so if she does play it live it will be so funny and i also like would love to see what she like if she says anything about like i acknowledge that this is not one of my best songs but i still wanted to perform it or something i don't think she'll perform it though low key
1: I know, I just, I hope that she enjoy making it and
0: She seemed to in know. the documentary
1: Yeah, I hope she has like a nice, like emotional journey with it. She just doesn't need to play it at my concert. That's all I'm no, i agree. Um
0: Do I agree
1: do, do you have any songs? What are your walkout songs? <laughs>
0: I have a few <laughs> One of them is This is going to come so random, but is You're Not Sorry, and here's why. She played it as our surprise song at the Red Tour, and I don't need to hear that song live more than once. Like, I just don't need to. (laughs) It's When I was 13, I thought that that song was, like, the best ballad ever written and that she was a fucking genius, but... (laughs) L- looking back, I find lyrically, it. Lyrically. Lyrically, it's actually quite cringe. It's very clearly written by, like, a 17-year-old, which is okay, but I don't need to hear it now. Like, if you're gonna play me right. a ballad, like, please play one of she has, your best works yeah. ever made, like Last Kiss. You
1: yeah, she has some some good ballads. I will say, you're not sorry. You can't tell me it doesn't hit sometimes. Like, oh, that thing comes I mean, on shuffle, and you're like, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like it's I'm I, it's not to say that I I won't listen to it cuz if I'm listening to Fearless, I won't skip it. However, mm-hmm. I used to think You don't to need think, to hear it again. Yeah, I don't need to hear it live again when she has so many other better songs. And also like I I used to think that song was so fucking genius and now that I'm <laughs> that's really 15 really years crazy. removed from that, I I feel differently. So, yeah, I don't need to hear that one. Another one I do not want to hear is I Forgot That You Existed, because I think that would sound like ass on g- acoustic.
1: <laughs> like, imagine oh. that song,
0: acoustic. It would yeah. be literally horrible. And also, yeah. I don't really like that song in general. That's a
1: that's a no-go. Um, end Game is a no-go for no
0: me. No-go. No-go. <laughs> I heard that on the Reptor. I don't need to hear it again. Flop. Uh, you
1: know what um, I, also,
0: I also don't want to hear is this might get some people mad tell me some of you are about to be real mad at me but it must be said daylight i'm sorry i just don't like daylight it's a snooze it's a snooze it's a flop i don't
1: dislike it but frankly like i don't have enough thoughts to even like give an opinion
0: you know it's like i would just fall asleep standing up if she started playing it
1: yeah it's a no-go
0: oh you know what's another one i would just literally fall asleep if she started playing it is epiphany snooze i'm sorry
1: you don't like that song i I like like epiphany i will say i don't want it to be my bonus song i will agree as far as live performances go i don't think that's your your best setup
0: right Um, like that song has a time and a place and the place is my sleep playlist yes yeah there
1: you go i i concur i would agree
0: that's all i think Oh, and or if she decides to throw it back to um, the debut era and play like some really obscure one, like a perfectly good heart, or listen, I know that together with a smile,
1: front to back, (laughs) I would feel so superior if she played some niche ass a debut album song and everyone else is like what is this and I would just be screaming my third grade heart out
0: just <laughs> I mean it sobbing. would be a flex but if she's gonna play something from debut I want yeah, it right. to be a banger like picture to burn or teardrops on my guitar or should have said no
1: yeah teardrops on my guitar would be would be pretty sick honestly if to be totally honest I don't know that if I have to pick a debut or uh, if I have to pick a what do you call it Secret song? A bonus song?
0: I think secret songs, yeah.
1: Okay. Well, if I had to pick one, I'm not picking one from the debut album. Yeah, That's it, it doesn't have any top-tier um, bonus songs for me.
0: Okay, I actually do have one kind of dark horse pick from that one, if we're ready to get into, like, ones that we do yes. want to see. So, I need you to understand the meme behind this one. The, the reason I want to hear it is because of the meme. <laughs> On the Reputation Tour... <laughs> Somebody decided to tweet, "Guys, guys, she's sound checking Mary's song." <laughs> and the tweet went like viral within the Swiftie community because some some people like some more thought more it was legit. Innocent Swifties believed it and they were like, "Oh my god, she's going to play Mary's song as the secret song." And then there was all this controversy about like she's not going to play Mary's song, you dumb fucks. Don't be ridiculous. But then other people <laughs> We're like, it's my favorite song. I need to hear it. Let me tell you, you say any song's name on Twitter, someone will come out of the motherfucking woodwork and tell you it's their favorite song. Like I said the other day that I didn't like, uh, I think it was Daylight, and people were literally attacking me. And I was like, please. Leave you me alone. tweeted it that you didn't like Daylight. Well, so what happened was somebody posted like their, their, you know that song sorter thing that I sent to you oh that one thing
1: that I spent 15 minutes of my life doing and then it like didn't load properly and it made me start all over so I never did it yeah Yeah. I remember someone
0: posted a a tweet where they were like everyone expose yourselves and post your bottom 10 of the song sorter so I thought that was fun so I did it and then people were attacking me for my bottom 10 I was like everyone has a bottom 10 (laughs) yeah Like, don't lie to me. You you gotta have them. You gotta have. It doesn't mean that I fucking hate Taylor Swift. It means that I don't like the song Closure. There's too much percussion in it. People wanted to come from my throat. Literally, it was fucking crazy. Anyway, going back to Mary's song because of the meme. Like now, people love to just tweet like. She's sound checking Mary's song just as like a meme. So if and she we- actually played, <laughs> so if she it. actually played Mary's song, it would be fucking hilarious. And also, I do like that song. I think it's cute. I like that song, I yeah. would know all the words. So if she played that at my show, I would feel extremely superior that like I heard Mary's song live, uh, and mm-hmm. that the meme was fulfilled for me personally. So that's <laughs> that's yeah. the only song from Debut that I would like actively pick. Tell me one of your yeah. picks so that I can stop talking for um, fucking eighty years. From
1: a specific album or just like my top pick? Your top pick? My top pick is the Lakes, a hundred and ten percent. I don't know if our chances, because I know you also uh, really want the Lakes, and I don't know if it's like an impossible song because it's technically a bonus song. I know. But I feel like it has some notoriety you know it's not like an unknown bonus song
0: right well and it's on folklore which like all of the new fans who don't know yeah. Taylor's discography they at least know folklore so I feel like people would know it you know like I'm really hoping that one's not obscure I really want to get a, a live version of it yeah no, I'd pass I, away that if would... she performed it at my show
1: I would die I can't even think about it <laughs> Um, but that's that's easily my number one song that's maybe my number one song of hers of all time um i also really love london boy i don't really think she's gonna play it but that is that's a special place in my
0: heart. If she does play it, I hope it's at your show because that song is kind of controversial in the fandom. Like some people oh, really I'm sure. love it and some people really hate it. So, well, I it's, hope she it's, plays it at your show. Specifically, it's
1: just such a chaotic song because she like names all of these iconic London places, and I don't, I don't know if you saw like the memes when it came out because people like mapped yeah. how far. To- <laughs> would have to travel to do these things and everyone was all pissed off it's like the um the welcome to new york song has the same energy where people are like taylor doesn't know the real new york blah 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 And, (laughs) and people are like she doesn't know the real london and i think that's hilarious um but i do love that song i uh i know places oh that would also be a real vibe for me uh out of the woods does she sing out of the woods no it's mad oh really that's really tragic yeah I okay know. It's actually that tragic. one's moving up my list i didn't i would have expected it i kind of hope she does not do wildest dreams that one's on the set did... list so you're all
0: oh. good oh yeah wow she okay, skips the one. second verse, I think, so it's at least shortened if you don't want to hear it. Okay.
1: Well, it's not that I didn't want to hear it. It's just we already heard it on the 1989 tour, and it was a really great performance, and I don't
0: feel need like to that's it. all
1: I need. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah, I feel that way about quite like, few I few songs. Like,
1: I don't need to, like, double up. Yeah. I have songs I've never heard live. That, that's what I want to focus my energy on.
0: Yeah. Are there any songs from Midnight's that you'd really want to hear? I personally would think it'd be really fun to hear maroon, because I think that one slaps. Oh yeah, that would be a good one. Like a piano version of Maroon? I think that would go so hard.
1: Um, if she sang an acoustic of sweet nothing, oh, get wrecked. Get Fuck wrecked. me up. that would be that would be some good stuff. I would love that.
0: Which is funny, that's another controversial one in the fandom.
1: What? But God, people can it. fight me. I know. Does she sing You're on your own, kid? No. Which is actually
0: shocking to me. I would I would also really enjoy hearing that. Me too. I like that song. I love that one. Yeah, that's true. I would like to hear that one. I also kind of think Paris v- Live would be fun. I just think that song's such a such a bop. You, I
1: was gonna say you love that song. I, know. I enjoy that song, but it's funny because I now like hear your verse going we were in paris because you like sang that like 40 times oh on like we were recording and now it's like stuck in my head
0: oh you guys you you
1: you sing with her
0: (laughs) i'm glad that song makes you think of me i i would i will say though that's actually not one of my top picks like if she started playing it i would bop but Right, that's, right. That's not one that I'm dying to hear live. I'm dying to hear some of the folklore and evermore ones that are not on the set list, like Gold Rush or Ivy mm. or... Um, Coney
1: Ru- Island. Coney <sighs> Island with the National. She has to bring the just, National out. Just give it to me. Oh, my gosh. I freaking love that song.
0: Oh, uh, can you know what song I'm? I know she's going to play and I'll fucking die to hear it, but I'm not going to, is Nothing New featuring Phoebe Bridgers because... I'm not going to a Fifi Bridgers show. I just that is a big loss for you. So I'm sorry.
1: Unfortunate. At least you'll get a live version.
0: Yeah, that's true. Oh, I'll be watching the live stream and I'll be crying. Oh, I, Girl, I know. I had no <laughs> doubt. Oh, does she sing Mad Woman? No.
1: I like I like that one. I would.
0: I, would I also really want to hear Hoax.
1: Yeah, so many.
0: Oh, yeah, so there's a
1: lot. Man. Does she sing Tears Ricochet?
0: Oh, yes. 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 And the performance is so iconic. I cannot
1: wait. God, I can't believe you've seen this concert 40 times. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get enough. What can I say? Taylor hasn't toured in
0: five years.
1: I just I don't know where you it just shocks me that you can like find these live streams who this is what's crazy to me. The people who are live streaming, I feel like, are not in the nosebleed seats. Like, they're close enough that a video is not nonsense. Is that wrong?
0: No, they're sometimes in the nosebleeds. But they'll just, like, their view shows what Taylor is doing on, like, the Jumbotron. And that's enough for me. Like, I'm just trying to hear it. I don't need to see every moment. So,
1: but, like, here's my thing. You spend, if you didn't go through... Like, you survived the Ticketmaster War. Mm -hmm. You get a ticket. You're paying, at the very least, what, 75 bucks for your ticket after fees if you're in the worst seats in the house?
0: Yeah, if you're in the worst seats and you got, like, first pick at the tickets. Yeah. It's like 75 bucks.
1: So that's the absolute cheapest you could have paid to be there that night. Chances are you paid more than that, right? Chances Mm -hmm. are you paid a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me that you're just standing there live streaming the whole time? Is that
0: not a disruptive experience? That's what is a little weird to me. Like, I would not personally choose to live stream. But some people, I think, enjoy, like, attention online. And if you live stream the Eras Tour, you will get several thousand people watching your live stream. So... Some people like that, I think. And then some people go to multiple shows and they'll live stream one of them. Well, we don't like
1: those people. (laughs) It's fine. I'm trying not to be bitter about it. But also, I am extremely bitter. I'm letting it go.
0: You gotta step into the daylight and let it go. (laughs) As Taylor stated in one of my least favorite, songs. <laughs> favorite song that's like such a random least favorite song i just it's one that people love for some reason and it bothers me when people love a song that is just like not good
1: it's so mid yeah
0: yeah like just so extremely mid
1: i also hope that she doesn't sing it's nice to have a friend because that song kind of creeps me out
0: oh yeah that's not one of my favorite songs that was such a choice to put that on lover i know you know what would be fun is if in the future we did more Taylor Swift episodes and we did, like, an episode for each album and we could break <gasps> down the track that would list. would be
1: fun. I would, I would so spend fun. so much time on Folklore and Evermore. I just can't. Oh, just, so like, sad. she just took it. It just is wild to me that she came out with Lover and that was the one that she was like, I'm really setting myself up for commercial success and really bending to the man and then Mm -hmm. she drops folklore and evermore back to back no like promo so unexpected and just dynamite lyrics just gorgeous i mean it's like her best i think folklore is like her best lyrical album to date and i I agree i don't okay i was like i don't know if that's a hot take but that's my thought i agree and then I think her most universally loved music by far.
0: Yeah, just, no, like, that's the album nuts. that like brought her back on the map of like being a respected musician. Because I think after <laughs> Lover, people were kind of like, oh, okay, she's on the decline. She's lost it, yeah. Yeah, like she's just sold out or whatever. And then Folklore came out and people were like, oh, this bitch can write. And then she gained like a whole new mm-hmm. group of... Like, generation of fans from folklore, which is yeah. so crazy to me, in her mind. Yeah, she I could talk about that. it for days. So um, let us know, anyone listening, if you want to hear, like, in-depth episodes breaking down Taylor Swift's albums. Because let me tell you, I'm a scholar. I can do that off the cuff at <laughs> any <So true>. time.
1: <laughs> She's ready. She's been priming
0: for this her entire life. <laughs> Literally. I'm not unique. There's plenty of people who can do that. Taylor has a lot of fans, but you know i'm one of them and so are you so we could do it so true anyway um so the other three points that i have for discussion tonight are very unrelated you're gonna be like where the fuck did this come from can't wait (laughs) the the first one is what are your (laughs) what are your thoughts on the following statement the last (laughs) time (laughs) that all felt right with the world was the summer of 2016 do you agree with that?
1: <laughs> Here's the thing, there is a part of me that knows exactly what that statement is saying.
0: Yeah, like you get
1: it. I get it. I felt it. I it's there's something there. I will say I was a self self-identifying bitch in 2016. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I look at that time period with like a lot of nostalgia and I was having a lot of fun wait was I having a lot of fun that summer sometimes I get my summers confused yes I was we went to One Direction that summer we saw Taylor Swift that
0: summer no that was the summer of 2015 oh shoot summer of 2016 was when I left on my mission (laughs) oh rib (laughs) yo maybe summer
1: 2016 was rough um
0: in between. Okay, your oh, it and was right year. after our
1: freshman year. Yo, summer twenty sixteen was really, really rough for me. Shoot. Ooh. That was probably one of the worst summers to date. I was thinking the summer after high school, so no. Oh. I don't want to go back to summer twenty sixteen. Um I had trauma. Also, I was still not I was better that summer. I wasn't as bitchy because of the trauma. But um <laughs> trauma I, I don't need to go back. That's what okay. I've got. That, that's my response okay. is. Okay. What was the what was the statement
0: again? <laughs> the last time all felt right with the world was the summer of 2016.
1: No. Summer of 2016 was my worst summer. Summer of 2015.
0: I is agree. Where
1: I, I get it. That's, that's where, where it's I, get at. It. I was. I was confused <laughs> about my my whereabouts <laughs> in 2016. <laughs> No, all was right in the world in 2019. That's the last time all was right for me.
0: Mm, okay. Not that I'm
1: not that all is wrong now. I'm very happy. No, now, but I know but what you
0: mean. I know what you mean. There was it's just like, such a distinct shift, a new era. Yeah, yeah. I actually, for me, that was the summer of 2018. Was like the mm. the last because that was the summer I like studied abroad and I was just being a college student, living my best life. Uh. It's just interesting because people on the internet seem to, that's the reason I thought of this, is people on the internet love to universally reference the summer of 2016 as like a year that presumably everyone had the best summer of their life, which was not true for me because I was on my fucking mission melting in the (laughs) Houston heat. But um, a lot of people, I think it's because just like if you think about the time period, what was going on in 2016, it was just like, a fun time to be on the internet. That was when Pokemon Go was out. Uh, um, that's so when that we thought Hillary Clinton was going to be president. We thought Hillary Clinton was going to be president. We It was pre-Trump. And we also... Um, that was when Harambe happened. So, like, the whole world <laughs> oh. was united over that meme. And I think it was just... Like, I think there was a shift that happened post-Trump. And so that's why. Yeah. Just, like, in the cultural the culture of it all things change. So I think that's what people refer to. And I just find that really interesting whenever people talk about like, like presume that it was the best year of everyone's life because of that. Cause I think it that actually was the case for a lot of people in our generation that they enjoyed summer 2016. I did not because I was busy being Mormon and you were busy yeah. having trauma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Something else interesting that Jacob said the other day is he was like, you know, I feel like when you look back in history, there are good decades and bad decades. For example, the 80s is like universally agreed upon as a good decade. Like most people, arguably, there are some shitty things that happened in the 80s. But for the most part, a lot of people agree that the 80s was like a great time culturally, musically everything Mm -hmm. whereas there's other decades like the 90s people don't really talk about like oh wow I wish I lived in the 90s that was like kind of a a weird like shifting decade Mm -hmm. where like it was in between whereas then the 2000s I don't think we know if that was a good decade or not yet but um yeah I don't know I was too young but Jacob was like you know I think the 2010s We're a good decade and the 2020s are going to be a bad one because of covid so and just because of like the shift that took place in the economy Mm -hmm. and you know everything and because he was like listen like the 2010s that was post-recession so like we were coming out of the recession things were starting to look better and music was just like we were getting like the early 2010s we were getting like Kesha releasing TikTok and mm-hmm. LMFAO LMFAO <laughs> and like a G6 it just like stuff like that that was just straight bops all the time mm-hmm. and and then the I feel like that kind of carried through the 2010s and then there was yeah. a big shift in 2020 so I just when Jacob said that that was very
1: interesting well, and I, I think the like music perspective is also really interesting because music has slowed down so much and yes. it's gotten a lot lower and it's like like you listen to 2010s hits and you're like like you said bops, bops. like this is what i am like dancing in my bedroom with my friends kind of music mm-hmm. and then today's top hits is me like alone with my beats just sort of bopping my head you know there there's no There's such a different vibe, which I think is crazy because I'm like, this is what's mainstream. So this is what everybody wants to listen to. And there's been this collective shift that society as a whole has decided we don't want to listen to upbeat, happy sounding music. Like, we want to listen to a slower, more...
0: Isn't that so interesting?
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I just think it's it's really interesting. And I think today's music is much less communal. Like, it's weird to listen with other people,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's not like dance in your room music. It's like cry alone in your bed music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is just, I don't know.
1: I think that says something about all of us. but I think
0: it says something about what COVID did to us, mm-hmm. personally. But it will be interesting to see how, like, if that trend continues throughout the 2020s but it's just so interesting to me like how much covid shifted everything like music culture tv mm-hmm. entertainment as a whole streaming like all of that obviously other things changed but you know i'm focused on the pop culture and entertainment <laughs> side of things <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. it's very interesting okay i have two more points we might only get to one of them do you ever, have you ever had, oh my gosh, I wondered if you'd had this experience. Have you ever had a romantic dream that you didn't want about someone that you like don't have any feelings for, but then after that you're like, shit, do I have a crush on this person? And then you like don't know how to act after, afterwards. Has that ever happened to you? Hmm. <laughs> I might be alone in this experience. <laughs> Um, If so, I can tell you about times it's happened to me.
1: (laughs) I definitely have. I definitely have. I just try to decide how exposed I want to be. (laughs) I do know what you mean, where you're like, yeah, you literally, you go to bed, no thoughts, no feelings, and you wake up the next day and you're like, but what if? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and you like have like a little
0: eyebrow raise
1: um yeah, yeah. like the,
0: the dream like makes you think of the person differently even though that person in real life did nothing right but, like right. you had this dream where they said something to you and now you're like oh what if isn't that yeah. so funny how that happens i just wondered if that had also happened to you. yeah no
1: it's happened to me and the opposite has also happened to me where I have a dream about someone and it's like a negative dream. And I feel a lot of negative feelings towards that person when I wake up, even though they've not done anything wrong. Like it was all just like a dream.
0: Mm, um, so I've like had the
1: reverse as well. But it's I will say the negative one is very brief because it's like easy to separate. Oh, they clearly did not do or say the thing that I dreamt that they did. Yeah. But with, with the... Like, once once that romantic Pandora's box is open, that's that shit's hard to close. Isn't you know? that crazy once how that works? The thought is there. You're like, mm, yeah. It is crazy.
0: I was thinking about this because this happened to me recently. But it's, like, too recent for me to expose what <laughs> <Okay>. actually <laughs> happened. But okay. there was a time on my mission that... That it was, like, deeply affected me because on my mission, Grant, this was back in 2016, 2017, I was not married. I had never had a serious boyfriend before. And I was in an environment where, like, having feelings was discouraged because <laughs> we were in a religious mode where we were supposed to be dedicated to the Lord for a year and a half. And... So I was like actively not letting myself dwell on like thoughts about That guys. makes it worse. And that made it worse. Let me tell you, there was this this missionary serving in the same area as me. And I don't think that I ever had the conscious thought like, oh, he's cute or like, oh, he's attractive. But it's, it must have been like a subconscious thought that took place because I would spend time with him like in me- missionary meetings and stuff. And then one night I had this dream where, like, I was a missionary, so it was probably an innocent dream. But I'm pretty sure we were, like, dating and it was romantic. And and I, like, had all these feelings for him in this dream and he was being all cute. And then I woke up and was like, oh, shit, I have a crush. And it was like, <laughs> you were not supposed to have crushes as a missionary. And I, like, couldn't tell my companion. And I was like, it, it really, like, haunted me the rest of the mission. Every time I saw this guy, I was like, I'm in love with you. <laughs> I was not,
1: (laughs) yo. But no, I totally get it because that's the sort of thing that if you can't like get that manic energy out, it just festers. And you're right, your mind just can't because it's just communicating with itself and like this cyclical pattern of I like him, I like him, I like him, I like him, and you can't convey that to anyone. It turns into Do I love him? Do I love him? Do I love him? I love him. I love him. I love him. Yeah, literally, you're obsessed been there
0: yeah it was a it was a wild time for me I just remember like I went from one day having no thoughts about this guy to the next time I saw him I did not know how to act because I was like I'm literally in love with you and we were in love in my dream and now like I can't stop thinking about it and it was just it like actively made my life so much more difficult so I'm glad that's that's, yeah it's just funny um, how it happens like subconsciously like you don't have any thoughts right when, and they have just yeah, existing
1: they've not done anything to deserve it I know okay so I maybe I don't know if I if maybe we should edit this out <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm so embarrassed
0: <laughs> I'm feeling flushed <laughs> wait I'm screaming I want to know what this is going to be oh my god you know who it was that <laughs> I had this
1: experience with Ooh.
0: and I hate this for myself <laughs> yo that's I can't look at you. It, it, this is, it was insert name of guy we knew in high school here.
1: <laughs> I hate this for me. I hate this for me. Wait, holy shit. Why did I also, like, have a secret on him that I couldn't tell anyone? <laughs> and the thing is, is I, it's like such a clear, like, emotional memory of being like, I don't want this (laughs) this is not what i want for myself but it was like too late and you're right it it was just like there one day there was no feelings before i had zero thoughts thought he was annoying and then it was like one dream and the next day i was like am i
0: obsessed with you (laughs) (laughs) wow wait but this is so fucking funny to me because i also had a crush on him we had we neither of us would tell each other we definitely were embarrassed because we're embarrassed. <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Love this. Yeah. These mutual crushes for us. It's
1: exposed.
0: Um, oh, Do I want to ask my last question? Let me simplify it. Have you ever met another girl who who will admit that she is not a perfectionist? Because every single girl I've ever met says she's a perfectionist. And when I hear people say that, I'm like, do non-perfectionist girls exist?
1: So, yes. Really? I – well, let me rephrase because I have two friends who would say that they're not perfectionists, but Mm. I will say they are perfectionists, but in certain areas of their life.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So for the most part they're very much so big free spirited energy big I have like my life is going in a unknown direction like they are not on the same sort of like career path you know like married family house blah 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 I die that's not the path that they're on they're going to do whatever they want and be whoever they want mm-hmm no strings attached at any time um, kind of people. And so they, I don't think, I like see that they don't have the same perfectionist tendencies that I see in myself. But I do think there are little tiny areas where they're like, this is my thing and I'm good at this thing. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm going to be a perfectionist in it. But they wouldn't self-label as perfectionists, so either they just aren't aware of it in themselves or they don't want it but they like that moniker to be associated with themselves and so that's why they would not self uh, describe as a perfectionist but beyond them I would agree I think the majority of people women
0: women Women. specifically are all perfectionists okay that's interesting I guess I didn't think about the The fact that you can be a perfectionist in some aspects, but not in others, because that's totally true. But I just feel like I always hear people, but specifically women, saying like, oh, it's I just, you know, I never did this thing because I'm such a perfectionist. I couldn't accept that I wouldn't Mm -hmm. do it. Like, that's so common. And so I'm always like, is anyone not? Yes. No. So
1: I don't know if I've told you this before. I tell people this. All the time, but they did this study on girls and boys in the classroom. Have I told you this before? I don't think so. So basically, they did this study and they found that because girls' brains are like developing faster, they have much higher attention spans, much younger, Mm. and so they get rewarded in school. For when a task is done well, mm-hmm. versus boys of the same age, their brains are developing a bit slower, so their attention is much smaller, and so they just get rewarded for completing a task, oh. and that trend carries up through like our entire lives and personalities. So women statistically are much less likely to like try new hobbies, apply to jobs, um, anything where they think oh, I don't fit every single requirement and I'm not going to be able to do this really, really well, they won't try because their brains say, oh, I only get rewarded and I only do well if I'm doing this task perfectly. Mm. Versus a guy, their brain says, oh, I get rewarded just for shooting my shot. Interesting. As long as I give it a go, I will feel good about myself versus girls will only feel good about themselves if they get the job if they're may they master the hobby and so on and so forth. So that it's a really interesting um study because it was just like looking at how we are interacting with children from a very young age and how we can best do that in a more egalitarian way to prevent that sort of like mind pathway from being created from the start.
0: That is so. So that's why
1: that's that's like part of my like theory as to why women allow perfectionism to get in the way of their own success and like trying new things.
0: Mm. Well, that makes sense. Like it definitely mm-hmm. makes sense. Man, the the quicker brain development doing us dirty in the long run. That's
1: I know. So I know. Well, and it's crazy because it's like like women won't are less likely not won't but are less likely to fight for a higher salary or go for a higher managerial position because they'll only do that if they genuinely 100% feel that that's what they they deserve and that's what they should get Mm -hmm. and that's what they're capable of achieving versus guys will be like why not why not try and then they get it and they're like sick you know well so women just aren't I mean, there's a lot of other factors. There's a, this is just like a very small subset right. of a much larger issue. But it, it is interesting because um, like part of it is women are less likely to go out for those opportunities because of all of this
0: weird stuff that happens when we're young, oh, the way we're trained. So interesting. That's definitely mm. relatable, especially as like a quote unquote high achieving child. I right? feel like ever since then, the tr- I feel like I've fallen short.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. The way that messed me up. <laughs> I mean, we will never know the depths
0: of it. It will never end. It's so true. Even with, like, starting a podcast, I was like, no, I can't do that because I, it won't be good. Right.
1: It's like, who cares? Right. And I, And what's so interesting is, like, I feel like I have learned a lot from jack and i've learned a lot from john and like all of these other guys who i see like doing new things and trying new things just because they're interested just because they want to and they like don't think about the optics or if it's something that they're gonna be really great at or if it's like a guaranteed success that like doesn't cross their mind they're just like well this is something that i want to do for myself so i'm gonna do it and i'm like well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. Like, my brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, literally. Yeah, but it it it's just really interesting because I think that that's encouraged me. Like seeing Jack do things like that has encouraged me to be like, I should just like shoot my shot and like try a new hobby and just get into like this practice of learning what it feels like to like fail at something. Mm-hmm. And then continuing to try and do it and get better at it. Because that's my problem. I'm like, the biggest fear of failure haunts me. Yeah. And so I just don't do anything.
0: Yeah. Or just like the, worst. the fear of being bad at something. Like being bad at literally oh anything God. is so embarrassing to me.
1: I'm, it's so embarrassing. That's why I think it's hard. Well, there's a lot of reasons. But that's one of the big reasons why it's so difficult to go to the gym.
0: Yeah. Is it's,
1: it's embarrassing to me. Yeah. Because I know I'm not going to be good at it because I never do any physical activity whatsoever. So why would I mm-hmm. be good at anything there?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's it's very cyclical. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Wow. It really do be like that.
1: Tragic lady things. Yeah.
0: Just girly things.
1: Hee <laughs> <laughs> hee. so cute.
0: Well on that now note. Have, did, was that did we get through that a That was my final discussion point. Wow,
1: look at us. And we probably have at least five minutes worth of time to cut out. Yeah.
0: I'm sure we do when we just went off the rails to talk gossiping about high school people.
1: When I tell you my face got so hot, I was like <laughs> I don't know why that like that like dredged up something from deep inside me that I had pushed
0: it's down. It's like this shame at these feelings you had as a fifteen year old for some other 15-year-old boy. <laughs>
1: we should just he was like 14 at the time at least get your numbers right i know we could have an entire episode where we're just like force each other to talk about our (laughs) our embarrassing crushes (sighs) kill me i feel
0: like no one would want to listen to that because they don't know the people that we went to high school with
1: and when nobody that we don't need to have that kind of recording just like (laughs) floating out there you know
0: yeah i don't need these people finding out it's it's okay I can yeah, stay, we're good. I'd stay in the in the drafts, in the DMs between you and I. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, we could do an episode if we ever get more than like three listeners where people tell us their embarrassing crush stories and we read
1: them. <laughs> Anonymous embarrassing
0: stories. <laughs> There's like a thousand other podcasts that do that, but hey, if you ever want us to tell your embarrassing story on the podcast, yeah. let us know. With that, find us on Instagram. At The Great Obsession Pod. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed this chaotic episode. We'll be back to regularly regularly scheduled content on Tuesday. And Fun. you can also email us at thegreatobsessionpod at gmail.com. I've also always forget to shout out our Goodreads, but we have a Goodreads account, The Great Obsession Pod. <laughs> and find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We upload every Tuesday. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye